Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. This is the podcast that you should listen to, and here you are listening to it. If you want to grow your podcast, make more money with your podcast, make impact with your podcast, I'm David Hooper, bigpodcast.com. That's the website. This is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. That's called Big Podcast Insider, and it's available at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Everything that I mentioned here on this episode, as far as links, it's all at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. So no reason to keep notes, write anything down. I know what you're doing. You got your phone on you. You're at the gym, commute. You're on a Zoom meeting, not paying attention. One in your pod in Zoom. The other listening to me here on Build a Big Podcast. Here's what I'm talking about in this episode. The podcast Energy Suck. The anonymous podcast or semi-anonymous podcast. Your choice. The podcast show notes summit that's happening May 6th. How to get more listeners using QR codes. Also, before I jump in, speaking of more listeners, speaking of your podcast, sometimes as podcasters, we find that our podcasts get stuck. Next month, June, I'm starting it up. It is free. It is Podcast Jumpstart 2.0. If you want to get your podcast unstuck, start moving the listeners back in, getting more excited about your podcast, actually making the impact that I talked about earlier. This is going to be for you. It takes about 15 minutes a day. It's super easy. As they say, little hinges swing big doors. I'm going to swing some of those big doors for you. Again, this is free, and here is how to get it. It's bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. Not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. This is version 2.0. It's brand new. Before I turn it into a paid product, I want to let you go through this for free. Just working out the kinks, man. It's already established. 3,700 people went through the first one. So it's good, but I want to make sure that it's great. I'm letting you in for free, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. This episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast and video. If you want to have a remote podcast, meaning you're in one place, your guest is in the other, your co-host is in the other, this is how to do it. It's going to sound like you're in the same room. 70,000 people and companies use it. Companies like Spotify and the New York Times. It's going to record everything locally on your computer, each participant's computer, upload it to the cloud. Like I said, you're going to sound like you're in the same room. Go to riverside.fm. Sign in, get a couple hours for free. And if you want to keep it, I think you will. You're going to get 15% off. Here's the code to do that. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. The website, riverside.fm. The code to save 15% off. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. All right, you know how this works. I'm going to run through these stories. When I switch stories, just like an old school children's audiobook, I'm going to play this sound. That's how you know that it is time to turn the page. Ready to go? The podcast Energy Suck. It's very, very common. Very common. Three varies. <laughs> For a new podcaster to say something like, my plan to promote my podcast is to be a guest on other podcasts. And that's not a bad plan. The most likely person to listen to your podcast is somebody who is already aware of podcasting. You need to know how to get a podcast, look up a podcast, download your podcast, but also somebody who likes podcasts. So if you've got somebody listening to another podcast and you're on that podcast, that's a pretty easy transition. You know how this is. You hear about a new podcast, maybe through an ad, through listening to a guest like this. What do you do? You take out your phone that you're listening on, you go to your podcast app, hit that plus button, Type in the podcast, subscribe to it, download it right away. It's in the queue. Easy, right? But there's a downside. And the downside, this is something few people ever mention, 
is it takes a lot of work to get booked as a guest on podcasts. And let's assume somebody's interested in you. Okay, yeah, come be a guest on my podcast. If the host is good, you're doing a pre-interview. You got to schedule that. You've got to schedule the interview itself. You want to listen to, if not entirely, at least kind of skim through the podcast that you're going to be on, get a feel for it so you can show up correctly. Basically show up in a way so that the listeners who hear you as a guest, they're going to want to expand their relationship with you on that show and bring it over to your show. That's the behind the scenes. And if you add video to the mix, then you've got even more to worry about. Not only do you have to sound good, present yourself in a certain way, you've also got to look good. Is the lighting right? Are you wearing the same thing you wore in the last podcast episode? Women, and I'm not being sexist, sometimes men do this too. Maybe you want to wear makeup, get your hair done. I don't know. You want to show up in a certain way. And with video, beyond showing up in a certain way, looking a certain way, it can be exhausting if you feel like you don't have any privacy. At least with audio, you're just hearing people and you can do your podcast from anywhere. Maybe you're doing it from a closet. I'm doing this podcast from a closet right now. Granted, it's tricked out. More or less, it's a studio. Had an electrician come rewire it. It's got the lighting, the power. It's got big sound panels. But what if you're doing your podcast from your office? People are seeing your office. Something I didn't think about because this never happens to me. When I do video stuff, I'm either here in this studio or I'm in my office, a gray wall. (laughs) It's really boring. But let's say maybe you're in New York City. Space is tight. I see a lot of people, they've got a kitchen behind them. They've got people walking around behind them. What about that? What about privacy in that way? Video complicates things and that's exhausting. I get why people would want a video component to their podcast. YouTube is a great way for people to discover something new. The search engine works. Algorithms recommend people. It's easy for people to do. Everybody and his brother knows how to use YouTube. You go to your mother, grandmother, you know YouTube? Yeah, I've seen YouTube. They can pretty much figure it out. You search for something, you press play. I get why somebody would want to be on YouTube. But what is the price that you pay for that discovery? Let's take it back to the podcast energy suck, the reason I bring this up. And how much actual discovery is there? Is it worth the trade-off? Like I said, if you're somebody who's sensitive to these things, if you are somebody who has kids running around in the background, your wife, your husband in the background, you've got your personal stuff in the background, you've got to show up in a certain way, dress in a certain way, wear makeup, get your hair done, whatever, that can be exhausting. Even if you like doing it, it can be exhausting. It is far less taxing for most people to simply do an audio podcast. But even then, you've got to show up in a certain way. Audio podcasts can also drain you. And you don't know what you're going to get into when you're doing a podcast interview. Sometimes these podcast hosts are great. Sometimes they're not so great. That's the thing that people do not see when it comes to podcasting. You are hearing a finished product. What you are not hearing is the stumbles, the stammers, the pre-interview, the host that you're interviewing with that's not very good, the host that forgets you and needs to reschedule. There's so much going into this, and this is the reason that I bring it up. What sounds good, oh, I'm going to be on 100 podcasts, 1,000 podcasts, having these big goals, even if it were smooth, even if you had a booking agent, somebody help you prep, and you're really into it, that's going to be an energy suck. I don't know about you, but being self-employed, I'm in control of my own schedule. And if I've got one meeting, one meeting, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, not a very long meeting, that can throw off the day because that prevents me from being flexible within that day. And you're going to run into that again and again and again and again and again if you are doing podcast interviews. Is it worth it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. 
But think about those other things that I'm talking about that stack on top of that. Video, privacy, having to show up in a certain way. In this episode, I've got thoughts for you regarding the flip side of putting yourself out there on video or on audio. I'm going to talk about anonymous and also semi-anonymous podcasting. If you've ever wanted to take advantage of YouTube or other video forms of social media, but you don't want to expose too much of yourself online, this could be the opportunity for you. The Anonymous and Semi-Anonymous Podcast. Swindled is a great example of this. It's a completely independent podcast that utilizes narrative storytelling, archival audio, and immersive soundscapes to tell true stories of white-collar criminals, con artists, and corporate evil. I love it. It is so well done. The stories are fascinating. The most recent episode, for example, it's an 18-year-old in Florida who was caught masquerading as a medical doctor. So what? How did that happen? Well, Swindled will tell you. More fascinating to me is the guy behind it. Completely anonymous. He's known only as Concerned Citizen. I've done an interview with him. This is linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. If you're looking for a way to make your podcast stand out, anonymous podcasting may be something to consider. But a far better option for most people is looking at how much you share about yourself. If you're considered an expert, if you want to be an authority in the space, you can only go so far by staying anonymous. Again, though, there's a middle ground. How much do you want to share about yourself? I mentioned this earlier. If you're doing a video podcast, any kind of online video, interviews, whatever, and you've got a background that has your home in it, kids, wife, kitchen, books that you don't want people to see, can you blur it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could. It's not perfect. And sometimes people don't trust that. That's what they say about it. Mm, what's in the background there? I think we're getting more and more used to that in fairness. But people are curious. Mm. It's like being at a party looking in the medicine cabinet. Mm. What's this guy on? <laughs> you know this, right? Most people know this because if you ever throw a party, you might have done this. If you've got a medicine cabinet, got your Prozacs, Benzos, uppers, downers, whatever you got, man. A lot of people will remove those things from the medicine cabinet because they expect people to look into their medicine cabinet and be nosy. And you may be one of these people on the other end of that. Hmm, let's see what this guy's on. People are curious. And when it looks like you're hiding something, they get even more curious. The Streisand effect, you know about this. Blurred her house out on Google Street. And then people are like, oh man, what's the deal with that? Made a big deal about it. That's why it's called the Streisand effect. You ever seen those blurred street view houses? You start looking for them. You drive down. What's up with that house? Basically, when you try to hide something, people get even more curious. Concerned citizen, eh, people may be looking for him. Now, if he called himself Jake Smith, not so much. People say, oh, it's Jake Smith. So let's talk about the middle ground. Deciding what level of anonymity you want to maintain and what information you're okay with sharing. Here are options to consider if you want some privacy. But this is also related to the podcast energy side. If you're somebody who's sensitive to being overexposed and maybe you feel like you're overexposed, these are things that will also help you with that. One, producing an audio-only podcast. I love it. I love it. Don't have to dress up. Come in here any time of night and day. Don't worry about the lights. Don't worry about hair. Don't worry about makeup. All I got to do is worry about the content. One less thing that I've got to worry about is if I make a mistake, it's very difficult for you to tell on this podcast if I make a mistake. A couple edits every once in a while aren't that good if you're listening for them. 
but they're pretty good. And it sounds flawless. And people come to me all the time, man, you are so good on the mic. And I say, "Mm, no. (laughs) Right now, I'm 21 minutes in on this recording. You can look at your timer. There's been a lot that is cut out because I make a lot of mistakes. Video is going to show those mistakes because you look at somebody, "Er, er, 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 er." you can see them moving. It's getting better, but you can still see all the edits that people are making. You can't really hear them as well. So producing an audio-only podcast, that's going to be great for your privacy, even if only to keep the secret that you're not as smooth on the mic as maybe people think that you are. Next thing you can do, using an icon or caricature of yourself instead of a photo. Talked about Grammar Girl before. I mentioned her in the book, Big Podcast. Grammar Girl's a character. It's not Mingyong Fogarty. It's Grammar Girl. There was a time when she could replace herself. And I would argue that even now with Mingyong Fogarty, Being Grammar Girl, we all know who she is because she stepped out of those shadows behind the caricature. We can see who she is. Even now with that podcast, it would still be easier for her to bring in a different host, to have somebody take over should she get tired of doing it, than it would be for somebody whose photo is on there or somebody who's doing video podcast. That's another way. Use an icon or caricature for yourself instead of a photo. Next thing you can do, if you use a photo, using a single official photo. Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting mentioned this to me. I was doing a show with him. We were talking about branding. We were talking about assets for our company's graphics, photos, that kind of thing. He said, when I do a search for you, because I needed a photo for this episode, I find one photo. When people do a search for me, they grab whatever photo they want to. Sometimes it's a good photo. Sometimes it's a not so good photo. Having an official photo, that really helps with you presenting your image in the way that you want your image to be presented. I just shaved off a beard. I didn't necessarily grow it intentionally. Went to an event, caught COVID, already a little scruffy by the time I went to the event. Just didn't feel like shaving. So if you had photos of me with this beard, looking like Santa Claus at this point, Not necessarily the image that I want to project out there. It's weird, right? I remember speaking of Dave Jackson. I've known Dave for 20-something years. And there's a podcast that he has called Building a Better Dave. On that podcast, it's Young Dave Jackson, Black Hair. I had Dave on my radio show. This might have been, I don't know, 2005, 2006. Had him come down to Nashville to talk about podcasting. Dave's got black hair. Didn't see him for a few years. Go to a podcasting event in Las Vegas. Boom, Dave Jackson with gray hair. I was like, your hair. (laughs) He didn't even know what I was talking about. I said, Dave, I hadn't seen you for like eight years, man. And I've seen that old photo that you've got in Building a Better Dave and I haven't seen you for eight years. And wow, man, it's kind of shocking. I don't know if you've ever done that with musicians that you've listened to. You know, musicians, they have a hit and they've got these videos and they've got the album cover and we know them from that point in time might have done the same thing with models. You think, oh, Brooke Shields, she's the young Calvin Klein girl. Well, have you seen Brooke Shields lately? Look, don't get me wrong. She looks great. She looks fantastic. But she's aged, man. Musicians age. Podcasters age. That's another thing. And it can get confusing when you've got a lot of photos of you at a certain age or you with a certain hair color or a certain hairstyle, maybe a certain weight or with a certain person. Look, things change. Things change. And this is also a reason why you may want to use an official photo, not letting everybody in on the ups and downs of how your appearance is changing. 
Next thing on the list, sharing only your first name or general location. I've seen this on a lot of web chats. So you put your first name, last initial, let us know where you are. It gives a little bit of anonymity. This is not something that I think about as a male, but something more than a couple of females have mentioned to me, and I wasn't aware of it, and you might not be aware of it either, is admirers, let's say, that will look people up or try to find out more information about them. It can get a little bit creepy. So I understand not wanting to put yourself out there in that way if you're worried about that kind of attention. If you're talking about specific topics, certainly that would be a thing for you to maybe consider on this. And this is a way to do it. First name, maybe last initial, maybe not, just a first name. Be like Cher, Madonna, Jesus, also a general location. There's a great podcast called How to Be a Girl with a parent raising a trans girl. And I thought this was interesting. She had a pen name and she would give her general location. We're in the Northwest because she didn't want unwanted attention. You can imagine there's a lot of unwanted attention for that right now. Bud Light gives one promotional six-pack to a trans influencer and every right-wing media outlet completely flips out. Bam! I can understand not wanting that kind of attention. So sharing only your first name and general location, that may be a way to get around that. Or you could use a nickname instead of your real name. Not necessarily something designed for total anonymity, but a nickname. We've all got them. You got a nickname, right? They call me The Voice. No, I'm just... (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, you know, you've got a nickname or you can make up your own nickname. Again, not necessarily something for total anonymity, but maybe something where if you wanted to step into this space or if you wanted to give a speech, you could say, hi, my name is David Hooper. And on this podcast, I'm known as blank. It's a character. Another thing, using a dedicated email address for your podcast. This is getting more and more common. There was a time when email addresses were very difficult to come by. In the mid-90s, when the internet really went commercial, AOL is what did that. Boop, flip the switch. Immediately, more commercial users on the internet than academic users. AOL was giving people five email addresses per account. That was really the first time we were able to do this. Hotmail came along. People were able to get free email they could use anywhere that wasn't just associated with an internet provider or an academic institution. And since then, it's really pretty common that people have different email addresses for different things. With that said, I do see a lot of people using personal email addresses in RSS feeds, sometimes using personal email addresses for everything. Well, if you're doing a podcast where you want relative anonymity, don't have people sending you email to the Jones family at AOL.com. Why would you even have a multi-person email address, by the way? Who cheated? <laughs> Next up, using a P.O. box or business address for fan mail or packages. This is a good way to do it. I mentioned Swindled. He's got a mail drop. When you're talking about the seedy areas of life on your podcast, maybe you're talking about people who are still around. You don't necessarily want to put your home address on there. Here's the bottom line. Find a level of exposure that works for you. Know that you have options. I've got the list online, more information, links, a link to that interview with Concerned Citizen from Swindled. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Podcast show notes summit. This is May 6th. It's coming up in just a few days. Do you have a podcast discovery problem? Are you tired of crafting episode notes that go unnoticed? If so, this event will help you. It's virtual. It happens May 6th. Tickets are $19. 
You're going to learn the strategies for creating compelling episode notes for your podcast, optimizing for SEO, increasing engagement with your audience. You'll leave the event with a comprehensive understanding of how search and social media work, how to use AI to complement your podcast, and how to attract more people to what you're doing. Steve Stewart, you may be familiar with him, Podcast Editors Club. Steve is running this thing. Again, 19 bucks is virtual. Could be a good opportunity for you. I've got it linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Get more listeners with QR codes. This is a clever promotion I saw for a musician. It would work well for a podcaster. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. As you know, I come from the music industry and musicians like podcasters, they've got a product that's often consumed via a mobile device. What's the best way to get somebody from a billboard, from a magazine, from anywhere in the physical space onto a mobile device? QR code. You'll see that at the bottom of the newsletter. If you go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com, you will see that every episode at the bottom has subscription information for the podcast. One of the ways that I do that is via a QR code. I've got a $19 tool that generates custom QR codes that can be both tracked and changed on demand. To give you an example of how you can use that, you could have a QR code, same QR code that you print, distribute, set it and forget it. But you go into the back end and you can take people to your latest episode automatically. Or you could have a subscription page. Let's say you're working with Google Music. Google Music changes their name to Google Podcasts or iTunes changes their name to Apple Podcast. Change it. This is what you can do with the dynamic link. It's very, very helpful for getting new listeners, also controlling where those listeners go. I like it for business cards, flyers, print ads, postcards, stickers. It's great. Print your QR code on a sticker, stick it everywhere. Subscribe to this podcast. Boom. I see it all the time. I don't see it for podcasts so much, but... <laughs> When I'm walking around the neighborhood, I feel like it's Bumble, maybe. Somebody's on a street team putting QR code stickers all around wanting me to sign up for this app. It's a dating app. Again, I think it's Bumble. Believe me, they're tracking that. They know where it's going. Using dynamic QR codes, they can move that traffic wherever they want. Old promotion isn't working. Try a new promotion. You can do the same thing. Your subscribe page, I mentioned that. Put a QR code there. Look at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Look at the bottom of that. Or go to my subscription page, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. You're going to see a QR code in both those places because QR codes work. And if you want the dynamic element of it, just takes 19 bucks to make that happen. I've got all the links, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Classified ads for you. Missing Letter is an all-in-one promotional platform that turns podcasts into engaging social media posts and helps you solve distribution by finding the best influencers in your niche. Not only are these guys advertising in my newsletter, this is also something that I use myself. Every episode of Build a Big Podcast, every issue of Big Podcast Insider, the newsletter, I put it up in Missing Letter, and immediately I'm able to reach an audience of 1.4 million people. Does it go out to all of those people every single time? No, no. It's up to the people who are on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whether they want to syndicate that content. But a lot of them do. A lot of them do. So this is absolutely a service that you're going to check out. I've got it linked newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Also, speaking of social media, Publer, social media scheduler. You can use Publer to schedule and analyze all your social media posts from a single dashboard. Are you still on Twitter? I am. I'm there because people are there. I'm going to have an episode about that soon, why I've decided to stick it out. 
Publer still works on Twitter. A lot of social media schedulers decided not to continue working with Twitter after their crazy API costs. I think it's $42,000 to $100,000. Crazy, right? Publisher still works with Twitter. If Twitter is important to you, you may want to check it out. Just a few bucks a month. You can schedule a whole month of tweets in advance. You can recycle information. Whatever you want to do. If it's considered social media, Publisher will let you schedule it. You can check it out in newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That's it. Another episode of Build a Big Podcast. If you want to make sure that you don't miss them, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got the QR code for you to scan. I've got three links for you. One for iPhone, one for Android devices, and I've got an old-fashioned RSS feed. I've even changed the verbiage to where it's not just subscribe, but you can follow. It's the same thing. Some people just use different words for it. But the URL, that has not changed. That is bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Go there right now, subscribe to the podcast, never miss an episode, and I'll see you on the next Build a Big Podcast.